My name is Rufilo Sekhoi, and you're listening to The Breakthrough Sessions, a podcast for students created by a student. Because when you're in a bind, who better to assist than someone who's walked in your shoes? I am a movement, and I invite you. Whether you feel lost, broken, or pretty cool, all are invited, but there's a lot to do. So grab a drink and settle in. Let me help you find your breakthrough. Welcome to this episode, everybody. I'm so delighted that you could dedicate time out of your day towards listening to this episode in pursuit towards finding your breakthrough. In this episode, I had Huidu Medzui, aka Dumi Bitswani on, and she is a BCom Honours graduate in finance and investments from the University of the Witwatersrand, or Wits for short. She is currently working in financial services as a real estate banker. She has a passion for youth development as she shines her light on employment strategies by creating content on her YouTube channel. More on her social media at the end of this episode. She sees herself as a go-getter and aims to inspire as many people as she can by just shining her light on the world. We had a very amazing episode where she shared really great gems on her experience from varsity and her failures and how she dealt with it and got through it. From her own experience with failing a module in first year, to getting support from friends and family to help her get through that, to finding her feet again and conquering that module and subsequently attaining her degree and so much more. I sure do hope you enjoy this episode as much as I enjoyed recording it and get some very valuable life lessons that you can apply in your life. So let's kick it off. Without further ado, here is our conversation. Hi Dumi, how are you doing? I'm so good. And yourself, how are you keeping in this cold weather? <laughs> oh, girl, I am great. I am freezing. I'm in Pretoria. So the last two days it has been extremely cold and I have been clinging to my heater like it is my everything. But besides that, I'm hanging in there. <laughs> um, That's okay. great. Thanks. <laughs> so just for our listeners out there, would you mind sharing a little bit about yourself? who you are, where you grew up, if you have any passions and hobbies, and what you study. My name is I do go by Dumi. Uh, I was born in Rustenburg in the Northwest, and I've basically grown up in so many places because my dad was a diplomat, so I grew up in Rustenburg, I grew up in Lagos, Nigeria, I grew up in Addis Ababa, Ethiopia, and then I went to WITS for varsity. So then now I'm based in Johannesburg. I spent four fun but grueling years at WITS where I did my undergrad and my honors. And currently I work in real estate banking. So I'm in the finance division. Uh, It's very interesting in financial services. (laughs) And yeah, there's a lot going on. Yeah. And also in my spare time, um, I have a YouTube channel. where I share you know youth development resources in terms of getting employment and sort of how the working world is like and then I also just vlog as well and share a bit about my life in that process. Cool cool very exciting life I must add Um, wow growing up in different countries that's pretty exciting yeah (laughs) so you got to see quite a bit (laughs) of the world. 
Yeah. Mm, okay. Very sad. <laughs> okay. Um, so you studied your BCom and your honors in corporate finance and investment at BITS. So I just want to know what was yes. that experience like? And actually, before we get into that experience, why did you actually choose to study that? Okay. So basically, I was, I'm not going to lie to you, I was a very indecisive person. Um, and I'm still a little indecisive. So I never really knew exactly what I wanted to study or where I saw my life going. Um, in high school, when I had to pick subjects, I really wasn't sure. And I was still guessing myself till the last minute. So um, I decided to study firstly, not necessarily what I was studying, but where I was going to study. So I decided to go with VITS because my dad went to VITS. So I'm like, you know what? Let's just keep it in the family. <laughs> and then in, in terms of what I wanted to study, I think I just wanted to study something that I felt like I would like. So like I was thinking BA, BSc, BCom, all of them in the cards. But then I ended up studying a BCom initially because I thought that I wanted to get into something like marketing. And then um, since it was a general degree, second year we sort of took our majors then I did take a marketing course I also took a finance course I took a bunch of other courses and I found that I fell in love with finance and that's Mm. basically what took the cake for me it was like yeah it was one of those decisions that just you know happened to be at the right time and happened to be in my cards because I was a very confused teenager (laughs) (laughs) Mm. all right Uh, so let's go all the way back to first year what was that like? Let's kind of unpack first year because as you said, you had four grueling years, but first year I think for me stood out and I just want you kind of to just um, unpack that a little bit more for our listeners. First year for me, first year for me was completely a wreck. <laughs> um, it was a mess. I didn't know if I was coming or going. Mm. Um, I had just moved from a different school system in another country um so transitioning into university was just very difficult because I just didn't know how things work um I was studying at BCom and it seems like everyone else in the South African school system had some sort of accounting even if you didn't take it up in grade 10 you had to do it sort of in your late primaries and early high schools um so that was challenging in itself I stayed at a res. Res can be a bit overwhelming because there's so many girls, there's so many people around you. You just want to hang out and have a good time all the time. Um, there was just a sense of not necessarily um, anything bad, but I think that there was no focus and there was no vision. And um, I found it really hard to get information about like school resources as well. I didn't sort of know where to lean on when I was unsure so it was quite confusing for me and yeah I'm just glad I got through that year I passed uh, by the skin of my teeth but it was just very very confusing and it just made me realize that if you don't necessarily know what's going on varsity can be very challenging but then if you do sort of know what's going on it just gets a, a bit better yeah Yeah, I fully agree with that. Sounds like quite an overwhelming experience. And I think there's a lot of people who also, including myself, 
who also felt that way because yes you were coming from a whole other country but even like I live in Pretoria and I went to the University of Pretoria it was still like an adjustment of like okay this is completely mm. different than like high school there's no structure I can literally do whatever the hell I want to do that's a bit scary but also I need to like develop that discipline and it was you know, it took it took a minute to adjust um, I think adjusting is one of the the harder times of varsity for anyone really, because um, it's so so different from high school. It's so different from high school. Whether you're going to a university that's next door where you live, or whether it is like a thousand miles away, it is quite an adjustment. It's a huge adjustment. Yeah. I'm a firstborn, so mm. I'm the first one to sort of Girl. go to varsity. Yeah. So no one. No one could like no one had any like sort of advice for me. I was just mm-hmm. going there and I was just winging it. I was yeah. winging it in first year. I'm not even gonna lie. <laughs> uh, you are not alone. Uh, so first year, like you said, was a bit rough. Um, you got by by the skin of your teeth. You did fail a module in first semester. So I'm kind of mm-hmm. interested to know what module that was and why you think you failed it in particular. Okay, so I failed a module called Computational Mathematics. Mm. Um, It was a requirement for everyone that was sort of in the uh, business faculty. Mm. Um, One reason I would blame is that there was negative marking. So basically, Mm. if you wrote down an answer and you wasn't sure if it was the right answer and it was the wrong answer, you got minus two points. So I didn't know how negative marking worked. And my first... Like two tests, um, yeah, I just filled it in and negative marking was not kind to me. Um, but overall, I would say, you know, in, in, in a university with thousands of people, you can fade into the background sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you know, you may not always know who to ask or who to consult with. Or the lecturer may have consultation hours, but since there's so many people in your class, you know, sometimes you're just going to get a very brief explanation of what you were trying to find out. Mm. You sometimes when you study in groups of friends, you think you got it because you're studying in the group. Mm-hmm. And then you go actually go by yourself and you study by yourself and you realize, okay, I may not know this as much. So I would say that there were so many other factors, but then the main one I feel was that I didn't know how to study in varsity. And it really took, you know, after that experience, I learned that studying in high school and studying in varsity are quite different in terms of obviously there's so much more workload you know there's there's a certain way that they mark in varsity so I after that experience I was devastated I cried to my parents but after that I taught myself how to study for varsity you know examinations and tests Mm. and that really helped me but yeah, and now when I look back at that failure, I don't even remember it sometimes. It's usually when I just bring it up in some spaces. But, you know, I at that time, I thought it was the end of the world. <laughs> um, but now it really built me. I mm-hmm. now know how to study really well. And it really shaped me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think because, I don't know, and I could be speaking for you, but for me personally, getting into varsity, I was so so used to a certain mindset of achievement is is where it's at. Success is where it's at. I have to, like, if I write a test, I have to get above 80%. 
if I don't get above 80%, then clearly I'm a failure. And I had never experienced failure before. So when I got to varsity and I experienced my first fail, I failed um, a year module in first year. Mm-hmm. So that wasn't cute. Yeah. And I also fell apart, like you said. I also cried and it was a mess. But in hindsight, just thinking about that fa- failure in particular, and it wasn't the only one, <laughs> but failing that one in particular, it really just showed me that it really isn't the end of the world. It, 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 it yeah. feels like that in the moment because we're so used to a particular lifestyle and we've never experienced something like that. That when it happens, you're like, yeah. oh, that's it. This is where my life, my life yeah. has come to an end. And then, you yeah. know, you get past that and you, you almost get to the point where it's like life after the tunnel and it's, it's brighter. It feels a lot better. Our time has passed and you realize that you've overcome the hardest thing in your life to date and you're okay. That was, that was a, a really special moment to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so now I want to know, when did almost a shift happened for you where you turned your varsity life around because I know you did say that for sure was a mess when did I guess things get better and why do you think that happened I would definitely say second year the middle Mm. of second year I had been going through so many sort of changes I started attending events on campus about sort of different companies. You know when companies come to campus and they speak of what they do and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the first time I actually even thought like, oh, there is life after varsity. And oh, we should probably be figuring out what we're doing after varsity because varsity mm-hmm. is temporary. Yeah. So um, yeah, me and my friends would just go to these events and the companies would speak about sort of what they look for in a student. And I was like, I'm currently none of these things. <laughs> I'm currently <laughs> none of these things my marks are currently none of these things like I am not I like my work ethic is in the gutter um so then that's when I started to realize like oh okay there is a life after varsity and it's quite competitive so I need Mm. to align myself to that so that means spending more time in the library, um, smarter time in the library as well. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. you go to the library and then you get distracted with the Wi-Fi and watching stuff on our phone. <laughs> um, every every varsity student's struggle. Yeah. So it was creating schedules, getting a planner, spending more time in the library, learning how to consult with lecturers. I'm a person that doesn't like asking for help. I had to bite my tongue and learn how to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. Last year, there's a lot of group work, making sure that in those groups, like we really maximize our efforts to get good marks. Um, So it was really just a shift and it was a shift due to knowledge. Mm. Um, My first shock, my first shock was in first year, definitely when I failed the module. My second shock was when I attended these career events, like, oh yeah, there's definitely a life after varsity. Mm. And um. That's a thing that I think us as students don't really do good of is we don't, we just go to school and we study and we don't really take advantage of sort of the resources around us sometimes because mm-hmm. you don't know that there's always going to be an event or there's always going to be something like that that you can sort of go to um, these days in a virtual world. Universities are still doing it online. Um, so yeah, just definitely opening up your knowledge base and knowing what's going on is always the first step. Mm, yeah very true I think also as you were talking I picked up on a trend that you were much of a planner 
but also it's one thing to plan you can plan till you're blue in the face but you also need to be serious about executing that plan because that also goes hand that's in hand true. with ensuring that you're going to reach a point in your life where you actually do flourish and i think that's what happened with you yeah yeah mm. yeah okay um so i'm i'm also i'm interested in knowing how did you overcome the after effects of failure because yes there is the 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 shock that you mentioned of you're okay i failed and then you cry and that's also hectic and then i feel like there's also a bit of a period where you're now going with the flow trying to figure out how to almost mentally and emotionally overcome that so i want to know how did you personally overcome that failure okay um i'm first of all i'm a very open and honest person Mm-hmm. So that helped a lot. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna lie, failing was embarrassing. I was in res, and I was in all girls res where we were all in the same faculty. We all studied the same Ew. thing. All <laughs> seventy of us took the same mathematics course. Sure. So, like you knew, like they knew if you failed. I think there was a handful of us that failed. Maybe like if there were fifty girls, maybe like mm-hmm. fifteen to twenty of us failed. Okay. Um, so you could. Like they could see when they were going to their class that when everyone passed into that class and you were staying in your room, they sort of knew you failed. So Mm. the first step was definitely just acknowledging and feeling all the emotions, you know, feeling Mm. all the embarrassment, even though now looking back, it's not something that you should have been embarrassed by, but just, I just really accepted all the feelings. I'm glad that when I got my mark, I cried to my parents when I was with them. So mm-hmm. when I got to varsity, I was just more, you know, keeping my head up, even though like so many people knew I had failed that thing. Then um, the next step was definitely a mindset shift. Um, it was, you know, when I didn't understand the question, I pushed and pushed until I did understand the question. Um, you know, with with these huge math courses, different lecturers teach the same thing at different times. So it was definitely, if I didn't understand something in one, in my main lecturer's lecture, if I knew that there was another lecture in two hours, I'd go and do that again. So it was, it was annoying because it was repetitive. It was annoying because I had to put in so much effort um it was annoying because when I did get the concept I was sort of like why didn't I know this the first time I think we all have that level of like guilt and reflection when you're studying the second time like why like I could have gotten this the first time it was a lot of those moments but you know it took an immense amount of discipline and you know the second time I went at it I I got an A um because I was like I was like I have to I have to prove to myself that you know it it wasn't because I did I I couldn't do it Mm. um so yeah it was a journey but it was definitely learning how to be disciplined I thought I was disciplined in high school but varsity takes a whole other level of discipline mm-hmm. no matter how smart you are think you are because you know you get into this institution you're smart everyone in that room is smart as well mm-hmm. and I think the thing that sort of sets you apart is discipline mm, yes you said something that I was profound at the end there where you're like you get in there thinking that you're smart but the thing is now you're surrounded by a bunch of smart kids so now being able to always yes. level up is tricky yeah, it's not high school anymore because, you know, in high school, there is sort of that sort of, you know, different people with different strengths. But then, mm-hmm. you know, to make it into these uh, certain types of institutions, everyone does have that specific strength. Mm-hmm. So um, it's, it's, it's very different. 
Yeah, definitely. And I think we can also see it both both ways, because on the one hand, yes, you're smart and now you're in an institution with a bunch of other smart people. But it also is a, yeah. a, a gift. It also is a positive because that means that you are smart enough to get into that institution. So if you're smart yeah. enough to get into that institution, yeah. you're smart enough to get the degree, you know. So that's also another yeah. way of looking definitely. at it. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Okay. So then first year happened, second year happened, and then you made it to third year. You really enjoyed third year. Um, why was mm -hmm. third year almost different as compared to first and second year? First year, I came out of first year. Obviously, I told you my marks were not cute. Yeah. So I came out of first year really doubting myself, having a lot of doubts in sort of my potential. Um, by the end of second year, because I had sort of changed, you know, my structure and my plan, um, I really proved to myself by the end of second year that I know what I'm doing. And I sort of got that varsity mojo uh, going on. You know, some people are lucky to have it once they step foot in the varsity for the first mm -hmm. time. For me, it took a year and a half. Um, but by the end of second year, I'd really proven to myself that, you know what, I do have what it takes to be the student that I want to be. So in third year, my study structure was set, you know, um, speaking to lecturers wasn't afraid. I was class rep in like two of my many wow. classes. So I feel like I was just very comfortable in who I was mm -hmm. um, as a student. And then also, and with that being said, in terms of my academics, I also had a great support structure of friends. Um, I also sort of had a balanced life. I did things out of varsity. And, you know, sometimes um, there's a lot of things that are going on behind the scenes in your, you know, family or personal life, which may be financial, you know, which may be health-wise, which may be whatever. And um, I think that had something to play maybe in first and second year. And in third year, I feel that the external factors that were sort of keeping my mind mentally occupied sometimes were gone in third year. So I was literally just focused on my studies and just being like, you know, a fun 21-year-old living life. So um, yeah, I think that's one thing that we don't necessarily speak about a lot in terms of looking at a person because of their grades or whatever sometimes you do have things at the back of your your mind that are keeping you worried and are keeping you unable to focus and you know I know it's a reality for many students in this country especially you know there are some kids that you know are studying trying to keep a bursary and you know they know they have financial woes at home so if they lose this then it's it's done for them so they are you know studying this financial pressure in the back of their head and that's exhausting you know some people right now in COVID I, I I'm there's this girl who's studying I know she lost a family member and now she still has to study so you know there are a lot of external factors sometimes um, and that's why I say that third year was great because I really was in a point where anything external that was sort of keeping me from being the best student I could was really low mm. it just goes to show that we need to count our blessings because you were kind of echoing that yeah where you were at as compared yeah. to where other people could have been at was a completely different um stage and it helped you yeah. to have a better year for third year and yes it's not to say that now your whole um three years 
of undergrad was exceptional outside of like the academics of it yeah. all but it just you count your blessings that yes you had your rough points but then there were other people who were obviously also going through the most and um, then you got out of yeah. those rough patches and then you started to have almost a better uh, or a new way of life and then you also then count yeah. your blessings and remember that you know you made it through the dark times and you yeah. got out to where you are and unfortunately there are the other people who like you said have like financial pressure or pressure to like get the degree yeah. they they may be the only ones the first ones in their family who are getting that degree and or they yeah. could be like a parent who then have to support a child there's just so many different um, scenarios so you yeah. count your blessings during that time and look at you you made it through you got your undergrad you bagged it so that was a great time uh, so congrats yeah it was honestly amazing <laughs> best time <laughs> of my life um yeah I was like but it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't easy like at the end of third year I literally had to make I had to make a portfolio of graduation outfits on my mm. phone that I scroll through like when <laughs> yeah. I didn't want to study <laughs> I just looked at pictures of girls that I've graduated and I'm like oh I could wear that I could do that so <laughs> yeah yeah that was very it's just sometimes it was very dark days at the end of the day <laughs> <laughs> yeah no it's tough hey but you got through it which is all that matters <laughs> yeah okay all right um so then undergrad is done uh you were successful in that one and then you decided to pursue your um, studies further and then you got into honors so honors seemed like it was a bit of a tough time once again and um yeah i just want to know why was honors now i guess a bit of a bad time then I think I think I'm mean, this echoes for a lot of students that are on honors right now. Mm-hmm. Um, one, it's the reality that okay, next year things are real. I need to get a job. I'm no longer a student. Like mm-hmm. my parents, my parents are gonna ask me why I'm still in school. Like if I want to do my masters, they're like, how? Why? You know, it's one of those <laughs> yeah. things. Um, you also have a degree at that point. And like another one you know mm-hmm. um it's it's so it's difficult uh because it's it's different than undergrad it's a smaller class you feel like you have less support mm-hmm. and to be honest mainly you're just drained from studying you know I mean I don't know like in high school we studied for like five five years and we never felt that but for some reason um at the end of varsity whether you're at the end of honors or you're at the end of third year whatever final year you're in you just start feeling very emotionally exhausted so I think that was it I also had a lot of projects going on at the same time I was the chair of a society Um, I was also helping out in another society. So there was just a lot of overload in my life. And I was really struggling with the will to study. But now that it's all done, I'm like, I'm so glad I finished. Mm -hmm. I'm so glad it's done. Because um, I'm speaking to a couple of students that are in the honors that I did. And, you know, they have it worse with, you know, virtual learning. But Mm. a lot of them are also like, oh, I wish I could just drop out. Honors is so draining. So, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I can relate to a lot of them. I also, unfortunately, did my honors in a pandemic. So I did it last year. And it was an adjustment, to say the least. Uh, It was was definitely a lot. I think, though, I, I kind of... Honestly, I feel like I, I I did 
feel like it was a bit better for me because I was working from home and I didn't need to like now have to get up and climb a bus and go to school and you know I had to go to school like a good four hours before class started prep for school and then have my lectures in the evening and then have to take a bus back I think the 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 admin of it all and the logistics of it all was what made it more exhausting that's why I was relieved that I didn't need to do all those movements but it was still an adjustment of okay now I can't physically see my lecturer I can only see him on screen every time consultation was yo it was so much more difficult now we're consulting only through emails it was only through emails for a while and it was just a lot of admin behind now I have to explain what I don't understand in an email. Oh, what? Okay, I don't even know what I'm going to type up. Because I don't understand. So how am yeah. I going to type it up to you? So that was also really tricky. So I can relate. And I've also heard a couple of people saying that, honestly, the the, the non-contact of it all made it a lot harder. And I could relate to that as well. Um, so yeah, I definitely agree with what um, you mentioned about those girls. Um, I think also just with your experience as well, definitely agree with the exhaustion, especially um, because for me, it should have been four years. So three years undergrad and then one year honors ended up being six years of what, five years yeah. undergrad and then one year honors. So by the time I got to even like my actual, actual third year, I was done. I was out. I was like, yeah. guys, I have been in school what was it? Because counting primary and high school, seven years, five years, and then now six years. I was in school for a good, why is my math deceiving me? 17 years, yeah, 17 years. And I was just over it. I was completely and utterly over it. Um, So it took a toll and I kept on telling myself that I need to push, push, push because I'm going to keep on, I'm hopefully going to get to the end at some point, at some point. And yeah, so thankfully it did happen. And I was so grateful and so relieved, but I was, oh, I don't even know how I, how I made it through. I was so drained. There was no way Dude, I was going like to do. Like, you get so drained. Dude, there was no way I was going to do anything further than honest. I did honest because I had to do it for um, where yeah. I needed to end up in. So in, in internal audit, in order to then get, like, really good jobs, I needed to have done my honors. So that's why I did it. Otherwise, if I had a choice, I wouldn't, I don't think I would have done it, like, right away. I think I would have done it eventually, but not right away. Yeah. So. I relate to that. And I also wanted to ask you, do you think you um, did your honours or did you have to do your honours to get employment or you were just like, like you said, indecisive trying to figure out where your mind was at at that time? Um, so basically, yes, I had to do it to get employment. I didn't need to. They, I know there are people that have gotten sort of jobs in what I studied that mm. don't have an honours. But then I also just wanted to be done with school. I didn't <laughs> yeah. see myself um, being in a situation where I'd have to come back and complete it. Mm-hmm. I was just like, you know what, let me bite the bullet once so that, <laughs> you know, potentially I couldn't, I don't have to come back if I don't have to, you know what I'm saying? Yes. So um, I was just, it was one of those things for me, like, let's just get it done so that this may possibly be the last time I step foot in a varsity. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for that. And yes, I, I get that as well, which I just asked myself, maybe should I've just stayed for masters, but I didn't need masters, but I'm like, no, I, I would have, yeah. no, I wouldn't have made it. I would have burned out. I was lucky I didn't burn tired. Yo, yo. But anyway, all righty. So I think we're now we're going to move on to the game. All right, Demi. So the name of the game is called We're Not Really Strangers with a Twist. 
and it is a purpose-driven card game and movement all about empowering meaningful connections. There are three carefully crafted levels of questions and wildcards that allow you to deepen your existing relationships and create new ones. The first level is all about perception. We all make assumptions about each other, but how often do we ever put them to the test? Level one allows you to see what first impression you give off and how well you read others. Since you're my guest, can you please start us off by picking a card between three and five? Um, can we pick five? Five. Okay, I'm going to open it up and then you can ask the question to me. Okay. What shows are you into? <laughs> what shows am I not into? Is what the question should have said. <laughs> I am a series fanatic there is so many series mm. that i watch like my friends judge me they're like how are you able to watch like multiple series at once and still be able to keep up with the storyline yeah i'm like guys <laughs> my brain is big enough to occupy all the different stories don't worry <laughs> but i'm into a lot of shows i think because of the pandemic things kind of switched up in terms of timelines but i can give a couple yeah. to you um, and I don't even have like a specific, I'm not like I'm into action or I'm into drama, I'm into, okay, maybe I am kind of thinking about it now. I think I am kind of into like shows that are like actionable and then shows that also have a little bit of a drama. So, you know, your Grey's Anatomy, mm -hmm. um, that's, a, that's an obvious yeah. one. Like, oh, die I love hard. Grey's Anatomy. Oh die my hard. gosh, I am yes. a diehard. I've watched it twice, through and through. Yes. <laughs> I'm not there yet, <laughs> but diehard Grey's Anatomy fan. Um, Chicago, one Chicago, so Chicago Fire, Chicago Med. Um, I haven't watched Chicago PD like as much lately, but yeah, definitely into one Chicago. I'm into Law and Order. I got hooked into Special Victims Unit. Like I watch that every day, every oh, single day yeah. for the last That's almost a, a year. I watch I watch Law and Order, and then what else? Then your superhero shows. So I I watch The Flash. I used to watch Arrow, but obviously that ended, so that's not a thing anymore. And then um, going back to your criminal shows, I've watched The Mentalist. I've watched Criminal Minds. I've watched Law and Order. Like I said, yeah. I've watched yeah. the oh I already said The Mentalist. <laughs> what else? Yeah. I, I feel like I forgot a whole genre. Like I'm just so into so many it's so things. much. <laughs> so much and i will always me and my friend i have this friend where we're like we're just so busy but we'll never be busy enough for our series we have to that is like you schedule that in okay i can tell my friends I that i'm understand. super busy and i'm not gonna see them tomorrow for whatever reason but i will obviously watch my shows <laughs> so yeah that's a little bit about that <laughs> okay you girl yeah definitely okay um let me ask you card number three and card number three says what are your family dynamics like? So siblings, do you live with your parents? My family dynamics is I have two younger siblings. They're twins, a boy and a girl. Mm -hmm. They are in university. Well, one is, yeah, they're in university and they're in university overseas. Wow. Um, my parents recently moved back to South Africa. So I currently live alone, but I think I want to move back home just to spend time with them because they've mm -hmm. been gone for like, a while so mm -hmm. um looking into that but then yeah that's basically us um we are just yeah we traveled a lot due to my dad's job mm. and so um that's that's us <laughs> mm -hmm. okay um where did they come from by the way because you said that they just recently oh, um, back. 
Oh, yes, they were living. Uh, when I were, th- finished my first year, they moved to Vienna, Austria in, um, in Europe. Oh, okay. So they were there for the past four years. Mm-hmm. Um, so now they're back in Victoria. And then, um, yeah, my, my brothers, uh, he started varsity last year in the U.S., um, my sister's um, going to the UK so very exciting they worked very hard and yeah I get to be an only child again so I'm very excited <laughs> about that <laughs> so yeah I was an only child for five years before they came here so I'm so glad that I get that feeling back well congratulations to you I am the last born I have an older brother so I can't relate to that feeling but congrats to you uh-huh. <laughs> thank you <laughs> Okay, level two. Level two is about connection. This level digs a bit deeper. A few rarely asked questions, but warning emotions may arise. Can we please pick a card between seven and nine? Seven. Seven. There's the questions. Favorite number. Oh. (laughs) What do you need from me in this chapter of your life? Hmm. Okay. I think I need you to just be, as you also touched on as well, I need you to just keep on being your open and free self because you don't know how many people you are impacting just by sharing your story. And your story doesn't even need to fully be linked to your varsity experience or empowering the youth, just sharing whatever you need to share about yourself. You are touching so many people's lives and so many people can relate to that. And it's always nice to hear somebody who's willing and open to share their different experiences. Um, and your, your your YouTube channel in particular doesn't just cater to your, let's talk about varsity, like it caters to quite a lot of different things, but it's very relatable. And um, a lot of, well, speaking for a lot of people, I don't know, but like for me in particular, it really <laughs> is something where I'm like, gosh, it's nice to have somebody who's willing and open to just, like be themselves and freely and openly just be themselves. So yeah, I think I definitely want you to. Oh, you're making my heart melt. Oh my God. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Sure thing. (laughs) Okay. I'm going to ask you number eight. Number eight says, what is difficult for you now, but was easy as a child? This should be interesting. Um. Definitely, I would say confidence. Mm. Um, I didn't even have to think twice about that. I was a very, I was a very shy child. Mm -hmm. Um, Every time I had to go somewhere with my mom, I was holding her arm and I wouldn't let her let me go. Um, I was a kid that overthought all the time. Mm. Um, when I used to walk in a full, when I used to walk in a full mall, I think there's someone looking at me, or there's something on my face, or there's something mm. wrong I did. I was just very shy, timid, and reserved. Um, sometimes I can't believe that I speak to people like you in these <laughs> platforms, and I have a YouTube channel of myself because um, to look at that maybe like younger girl who is really shy, um, I really did. I really did make myself proud to sort of learn how to grow out of that and be the best version of myself. But there was a point when I was a little girl where I was very, very shy. Um, so yeah. Mm, that's very beautiful um well, congrats I could and would never have even thought that of you uh, you just seem so spunky and so confident yeah. like you said uh, <laughs> it's quite a growth so yeah really congrats yeah <laughs> okay moving on to level three level three is all about reflection questions are asked on past experiences 
please pick a card between 11 and 13. Let us do 12. 12, that's my favorite number, by the way. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> okay. What takes someone from a friend to a best friend? Hmm. I need to think about this twice. Um, as well, consistency. Consistency yeah. is very yeah. important. It's so important to me. I need somebody to be consistent. I need to know. It's just, I don't know. I think in, in this period of my life, I need to know where we stand with one another so that we don't disappoint each other and we don't like set high expectations for one another. So even if we are acquaintances, let us just be those acquaintances. And that's cool. When we are at a work function or when we bump into each other on the street, we can greet each other and say hi, and that's great. If we're not friends at all and like we had a falling out, for example, and we're not friends, then it's fine. Then I know, okay, if I see you on the street, I don't have to be like, should I greet you? Should I not greet you? Like, I don't need to have that uncertainty. It's cool. We keep it moving. It's fine. And if we are like, like you're my go-to ride or die person, you will, I will make you feel that. You will know that. And um, That's true. Yes. yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll make sure that you are the first person that I tell about all the big happenings that are happening in my life and all the big things that are happening. You will be the first person. Um, and yeah, I just feel like for me, I need that separation and I need to know where we stand with one another. It just makes it easier, really lessens the expectations. And um, we don't have to set each other up for failure, genuinely. And for me, that comes in from consistency. If yeah. We really are constantly like showing up or constantly being supportive or constantly being helpful, constantly being whatever you are, then it helps me determine, okay, this person is a friend or this person is a best friend or this person can graduate from friend to best friend. Um, yeah, but that in my yeah. in my point where I am right now is is what I think can take someone from a friend to a best friend. I agree. I definitely agree. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I will then wrap it off with number 13. And it says, what do you need to forgive yourself for? Sure. This is so deep. I'll need to forgive myself for not putting myself first. Mm. Um, I think that's a thing that a lot of us do um, as women in general um, is that we are very selfless, but we forget when to be selfish. Mm. Um, we can do it in family dynamics. We can do it in friendships. We can put it, do it in relationships. Mm. You need to remember that you are the prize and you deserve to put yourself first. Um, mm. You know, in friendships, you know, don't, you need to be aware enough and, you know, so self-assured confident in yourself to know when your friend is being selfish and you're only giving and not taking and you won't know that if you're not the type of person that's able to put yourself first and know what you deserve you know in family dynamics you know you need to realize that you deserve to also be praised by family around you don't always have to do all the praising you know necessarily let's say it's you know birthdays and you're the one who's always thinking about how to make other people's birthdays special but no one does that for you that's putting yourself first and putting your foot down and demanding what you deserve in relationships don't shift change shape yourself to fit into any person's life you know whoever mm. you're dating know that you do, you also deserve to be put first mm. so that's definitely what I'd forgive myself for because I feel like before I became the woman I was today there were mm. so many 
points in my life where I didn't put myself first and I was always just giving and giving and that drained me to a point where I didn't know who I was in certain instances so I definitely am glad that I think I'm still on the path of forgiveness but at least I know what I need to forgive myself for um, and it would be that mm. yo what a way to end the game very deep <laughs> yeah no but yo, yeah. that was necessary that was really really great <laughs> i was moved i i was just like in a like yes this girl she's testifying this is needed <laughs> yeah no <laughs> that was great so thank you so so much for playing and thank you so much for sticking around um, i just want to know do you have any social media accounts that you'd like to then leave with our listeners Sure. Um, most importantly, I have my YouTube channel, which is Dumi Pizwane. My Instagram and my Twitter also Dumi Pizwane. So all my social media, even my TikTok is just my nickname and surname. So I'm hoping to engage with some of you guys on there. Perfect. I'll also then put your social media um, information in the show notes below. Uh, yeah. So before we drop off, do you have any parting advice that you'd like to leave with our listeners for anyone who has gone through what you went through, just to help them to find their breakthrough? Okay. Um, so I think right now in this day and age we live in, we tend to always be worried about the people around us and not necessarily focused on ourselves. Mm. So um, the one quote I have is one I got from Dr. Seuss when I was really little. I think I was seven when I read the book and it's just stayed with me throughout all these years. Mm. And it's be who you are and say what you feel because those who mind don't matter and those who matter don't mind. Hmm. Um, so that's basically just reiterating that in every instance in life be who you are and the right people will always stick around mm. yes thank you that was incredible thank you so much for being here <laughs> thank you so much thank you so much to everyone who's listening thank you so much for listening to this episode I hope you learned some great insights and lessons that you can apply to your life please subscribe to this podcast rate and review this episode and do follow the breakthrough projects on instagram and facebook for any queries or potential topic requests please send me an email on queries.breakthrough at gmail.com or feel free to hit me up on my socials and i'll be sure to get back to you swiftly thank you once again until next time this is Rufile signing out goodbye for now <laughs>